Hello, welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions. This is This is episode number 62, Toxic People and Energy Vampires. I'm Catherine Bird. I'm here with my shaman sister, Michelle Hawk. And this podcast was born out of our deep friendship and our ongoing conversations on what it means to be a healer, a mentor, a guide, uh, the spiritual awakening that's occurring, and everything in between. So we are bringing you some of the topics that uh, we're very interested in and giving you some tools and some tips on how to navigate these, both as just a human in the world and as a practitioner, if that's what you are. And I am super excited about this topic today. Michelle, I think that we both have a lot to say about this. So um, <laughs> it's in another one of those, what, we haven't, we haven't talked about this yet? All right, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There, and I think everyone who's tuning in either now or later can relate that, you know, there just that those certain people that you find in your life that after you leave, you just feel drained and you're like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And then you learn about, Oh, energy vampires are a thing or, you know, the toxic people. And then, you know, there's the, just that whole learning curve. Absolutely. As with everything that we've been talking about. And so we'll be sharing today exactly what that means to be relating with these people some tools and techniques to do it in a healthy way so that we don't feel so drained and looking at you know what is what are the societal implications of this as well as the personal implications for how is this uh, impacting our own lives so yeah absolutely I mean this is really vital because there are so many people out there who we have to interact with some of these people on a regular basis in our jobs in our families in our lives so what are they and what do we do about it? Let's start with that. What do we mean when we say energy vampire? Well, I mean, it sounds like what it sounds like. Um, it, it means basically that one person is in, and there are so many layers and levels of this. So we'll try to get a lot of the nuance into this conversation because there's so much going on here but kind of on a basic level that someone is basically siphoning off the energy from another person. And this can be a conscious, uh, I know that I'm doing this sort of thing. Uh, this is kind of more, uh, and people who are at a kind of a higher level of energetic conscious awareness, more often there are people who aren't aware that this is what they do. This is kind of how their system has sort of set up and this is something that they have going on and, you know, have for a very long time. It's sort of just kind of how, how, they're, how they operate. So, um, you know, this is uh, it just as it sounds like you would think of a, of a vampire from the stories. Uh, you know, over time, you see the results of the, the vampire on its victim and these are also kind of similar uh, experience on an energetic level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, you know, that distinction that you made, Kat, between sometimes people are doing it consciously, more often people have no idea because this vampirism comes from a lack of awareness. That's really kind of the underscore is the people who are siphoning off other people's life force energy don't have awareness of their own energy body. And so they're looking to, well, where can I be resourced from? Because they don't know how to resource from source. They don't know how to source from the earth. They don't know how to source from spirit. So there's this, well, I'm, I need energy. I need vitality. I need life force energy. So I'm going to suck it from the people around me because they don't know any better. They don't know how their own energy body works. They don't even know that this is a thing. So for the most part, it is completely unconscious, completely due to a lack of awareness. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily make it easier to relate to them, but it does give us that degree of compassion. They're doing it, you know, as a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. And it also gives us the, oh, wait, am I doing that? <laughs> like, okay, I'm, it, it causes us to have a more conscious 
uh, participation in our interactions and our participation in society and our families and, and the things that we're doing in our interactions with people instead of you know, being a victim in a way of, oh, well, I just don't like that person or I can't be around that person, but actually starting to become more conscious and aware of what's going on underneath things, doing our own personal development and work to source ourselves and to replenish ourselves if we come in contact with something like this, uh, and to also you know, take care of ourselves and uh, avoid having um, these become longer drawn out issues. Mm -hmm. There's also the, you know, Kat, like you mentioned, am I doing that? If we're having that lack of awareness in terms of letting somebody siphon off our own energy, it is quite possible that we are also having that lack of awareness in some ways siphoning off somebody else's energy, again, completely unconsciously. But as soon as we have awareness of our own energy body and the flow and the relating, energetic relating that we have with other people, we might be a little bit unpleasantly surprised to notice that, oh, I have this relationship with this person where maybe it looks like a friend that you all, and here's a, a pretty innocuous example. You know, nobody's doing this on, uh, in this case that we're talking about, nobody's doing this on purpose, but maybe you have a friend that you always call when you're feeling down and they, you know, the, it's sort of a one-way conversation and they cheer you up and talk you up and make you feel better. And then you hang up the phone without ever asking how they are. That is a pretty innocuous form of energetic vampirism. And I'm not saying that to make anyone feel bad. I mean, I've, be I've been that person before. Occasionally, we're always that person just because we need a boost or whatever. But the more awareness we have around it, the less likely we are to put ourselves in that position where we are unknowingly preying upon somebody else's energy. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the stories about vampirism, right, how is a vampire made and created? Well, a vampire is created from another vampire. So if someone has been um, draining the energy from someone, well, that person now has been drained. So they need the blood, right? They need some juice. They need something so the tendency could be for that person to then kind of go out and try to seek that from someone else. It's a energetic signature that now their energy body feels a little bit familiar toward. And so it can be this, uh, you know, pattern of creation where one person is getting from the other person is getting from the other person is then going for another person. And I think that at times, you know, maybe people see this in certain, um, you know, work uh, areas where people are in maybe like a big office and there's a lot of, of stuff going on and one person is like, okay, well, I, I don't have enough juice, so I'm going to go to this person and I'm going to make them work super hard and I'm going to like take their life force energy and then that person is like, well, I'm tired, I'm going to go to this person and, you know, that, that it can be set up as a pattern because you're deep, you know, you're diminished because you don't have enough in your, you know, reserves. Mm -hmm. And empaths, you know, the, there's usually, whenever you're describing that sort of chain of dumping work on or sucking life force energy from, there's usually somebody at the end of the chain who ends up with a giant stack of papers of a million things to do, or, you know, their life force completely depleted, or they're stuck in the office till midnight every night, finishing up everybody else's grunt work. And in this case, the, you know, this analogy that we're talking about the empath is quite often that person at the end of the chain being in a position of giving their life force energy and ultimately feeling very depleted because again this we're highlighting the lack of awareness on all parts as really the key component to how this even happens in the first place you know because again as soon as we become aware of oh i am giving my energy to all these other people or i'm giving my energy to this person we can make a change and stop doing that mm -hmm. yeah totally and um another interesting piece this is so multi-layered so if you are you know sucking someone's energy from them right consciously or unconsciously it can be done consciously and if you're good with energy you can do it you can figure out oh i'm going to drain this person some of their life force 
the thing is that you are also taking on their their lower level negative their energies as well which then have to be processed through your system so um, if you're not conscious of what's going on with yourself and you somehow have maybe learned in your family, maybe your you know, mother or someone who is a, uh, the person that you're learning your energetics from has this as a pattern, then this kind of becomes your pattern. And then, oh, now I'm kind of like taking other you know, people's energy, but I'm also taking their stuff. I'm taking their like negative stuff, which needs to be processed and transmuted through your system, which can then cause issues that aren't yours, you know, taking on other people's things, which is an, another layer. So even if you think like, oh, I could just go out and suck somebody's energy and that would like give me a boost for the day, like to have a nice cup of coffee, like it, there's there's actually reasons why you don't want to do that beyond the ethical I'm a good person and I would never do that uh, you know reasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, we are not advocating that you do that. There are <laughs> way, way healthier, way more sustainable ways to source yourself and your energy, and we are going to talk about some of that. And we also have some of that in previous episodes, various episodes around raising your vibration. I think mm -hmm. is a really good one for that. Yep. Um, the ground, we did a grounding episode, right? Or is that still on our to-do list? I think that's still on the to-do list. Okay, well, when we do our grounding episode, that'll be another really good one on how to, to raise your vibration. Um, the, also, the energetic survival for empaths has mm -hmm. those tools in there. But yeah. let's, let's also talk about various other forms of toxic people. So we're kind of like energy vampires and toxic people. We're sort of grouping into the same episode. And not everyone who is a toxic person is going to be an energy vampire and a little bit vice versa, you know, so this, these are sort of two different categories. They can have some overlap and the effects are similar. That's why we're grouping them in into a similar category. So what are some other manifestations of these toxic people that we're talking about today? Uh, you know, people who are just like, always the negative right they've always you come to them and you're like oh I, I have this really exciting idea for my life and this is what I'm gonna do and they're just like meh that will never work you're not good at that or oh you know they're they're super willing to jump into your negative stuff with you like and feed it like oh I'm having a problem with my with my boyfriend or my girlfriend and they're like yeah and what about this what about that <laughs> like you know they're they're super happy to engage in gossip and uh, you know negativity and uh, you know kind of like spreading rumors and talking about people behind their backs like this is super toxic we can get caught up in this stuff it happens to people but this can be extremely toxic for everybody involved mm -hmm. yeah that's one really prevalent i would say a prevalent example and you know raise your hand if you know somebody like this yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Or a bunch of people, you know, depending on where, where you're coming from. Ideally, we have fewer and fewer of those people in our lives as we go and bring awareness to this. But, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable or sometimes they're family members or sometimes they're, you know, people who we see every single day in our work or whatever the case may be. There's also, uh, you know, a lot of the victim energy, I would say, falls under this toxic person category mm -hmm. where somebody is not necessarily engaging in your negativity with you but sucking you into their negativity with them where you know their life is terrible and everything is out to get them and everyone is out to get them and they can't don't have anything going for them and they just can't catch a break and they're citing all these reasons why their life is really hard so that is another example of somebody is stuck in this pattern and is doing everything they can to suck everybody into that pattern with them they may not be an energy vampire. This is an interesting distinction where a victim may not necessarily be sucking your life force. They might just want you in the conversation with them, which, you know, then there's that like, you know, once, and we're, as we're going to give you some tools about how to avoid having your life force drained, if you still need to be in contact with these people, again, if they're family members or people that you engage with regularly, then you'll notice this interesting distinction of what is it like to relate to this person on my own terms? And we'll get into that a little bit later. Right. And that has a lot to do with uh, the vibration, right? The frequency and the resonance that if you are 
constantly regulating your frequency just to match whoever you're with, then if some of the people that you're around are kind of operating this really low level frequency, then you're going to find yourself there. And then, oh, the next day I'm, I'm like in a loop around what I'm doing with my life and why my life sucks. And okay, to notice that's, you know, something that's really important is to notice when we're, when we're in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, I had another one, but if you have one, uh, I've, I've forgotten it. Oh, I, I would say also that, you know, toxic people can also be the people in our lives who, you know, have addictions and they have, uh, you know, these patterns that, you know, they lie, they, uh, manipulate, they, they are doing things based on, you know, trying to soothe themselves or protect themselves, which are, uh, have a, a negative and toxic effect on us. And again, this might not be somebody who's necessarily like actively draining your energy, but they might be draining your bank account or, <laughs> you know, uh, which is another form of energy, <laughs> you know, in, in some kind of way, uh, you know, taking advantage of you or the relationship that you're having with this person and, you know, especially in families, this can become something that can become an enormous strain in our energy. Um, you know, just trying to actually deal with, you know, our sometimes trying to either rescue or help this person who's in need. So there might be somebody in your life who's always in need. I just, I need help. I need you to bail me out. I need you to come pick me up. I'm like don't have my stuff together. So can you have your, my stuff together for me? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's an interesting distinction where, you know, looking at, and, and it speaks largely to boundaries, which is going to be one of the like gold star double underlined tools that we're going to be talking about later. But the people, the toxic people or the victims or the you know people who are running these shadow patterns might be contributing to us having our energy drained, even if it's not going to that person. That's why it's an interesting distinction between energy vampires who are actively sucking your energy to them, as opposed to toxic people where you might feel drained after the fact, even if it's not going to that person, it's just going to the situation or it's going to your concern or it's going to your feeling really tired because you've expended so much emotional energy. So again, a little bit of a different distinction, but you know, looking at the difference between a vampire and a toxic person, the vampire is taking your energy for themselves and the toxic person might be putting you in a position where you're depleting your own energy and it's just like flowing out of you. It's not really going anywhere in particular, but you just don't have it anymore. So that's, you know, kind of keep that in mind as you're making that distinction. It is a subtle distinction that will impact how you set up your boundaries and how you set up your, um, your sourcing for when we give you some tools later. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it, Dion Fortune, who's one of my favorite esoteric writers, she describes that, uh, that vampirism is more of the conscious relationship. Like, well, we've, you know, there's a relationship and that oftentimes there's a strong relationship and a bond there. And that one person is over time becoming weaker and weaker and weaker. And the other person is like, they're doing all right. They're, you know, they're doing okay. And in the unconscious form, we could see it's almost more like a, a paras parasitism where it's like a parasite is not really conscious that it's taking your life force and killing you or hurting you. It's just doing what it's doing. And it's unconscious of the fact that it even exists inside your gut. I mean, it's just like, this is my world. I don't know what's going on here, but this is just, this is just what I do. So, um, you know, it, it does us good to start to dif differentiate if we are having those relationships in our lives, because then we need to do something about it, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say a couple more examples, as long as we're on different forms of toxic people, I will say in general, these are the people who are running their shadow patterns as their default no matter what that is, whether that's kind of the victim shadow pattern, whether, whether it's the addict, whether it's the, you know, person who defaults to anger and jumps like zero to temper at the drop of a hat, you know, these are, or, you know, runs these, um, yeah, you were giving example. I would also say, you know, kind of in the like sociopathic narcissistic spectrum, you know, the, mm -hmm. um, 
the gaslighting. Yeah. Sociological like disorders, you know, fall into this category of these toxic people and looking at, again, just generally speaking, they're the people who are running their shadow patterns as a default. You know, this is kind of the, the overall, um, and I will add in, it's a little bit of a sneaky one. Like these can be people who are in general, really lovely people, Mm -hmm. but they might be super deeply wounded. They might be people, you know, who we're really close to or beloved friends who are either having a hard time or have, you know, working through something or working on old wounds or shadows or whatever. And it is coming up and it is impacting their behavior where they're running really toxic behavior. And so we might love them to pieces. They might be super dear to us. They might be, you know, our closest friends or closest family. And yet they're, and which makes it all the more challenging for us to have the kind of boundaries that we're super conscious. Because of course we want to help them. Of course we want to support them. So toxic people are not bad people. It's not necessarily that equation. So let's keep that in mind. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that, the... You were going to say something. I don't right? know. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, the, um, you know, let's kind of talk about, I mean, I, I hope some of the implications as to why we care about this are obvious. You know, <laughs> first of all, wondering, are we doing this ourselves? You know, let's all kind of take a moment now and just check in of like, is this something that I engage in? Can I recognize this behavior in myself? I will say, let's do that without judgment because I can pretty much guarantee we've all been that person at some point, or maybe we're running that pattern right now. And again, you know, no judgment there, no judgment on ourselves, no judgment on anyone who is running these patterns, unless they're doing it on purpose, in which case that's just, you know, their, their shadow pattern choice to be in that vampire role. For the most part, that's not the majority of people. Let's just treat that with compassion and start to recognize because recognition is that first key. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, we, we need to care about this because of our own health, our safety, vitality, our life force, our energy, our work, what we're doing here to do. Um, if we are engaging in these relationships that are constantly draining us and pulling our life force out of us, then we don't have as much, you know, space for other relationships, creativity, working on our business, working on ourselves. Um, and having a beautiful, wonderful, lovely life that we enjoy having. So, um, it's, it's, you know, we definitely want to pay attention. This can cause a serious illness and disease if, if it's a serious situation where, um, this is happening over an extended period of time too. Yes. The physical implications of this energetic, process are totally real and again kind of that if you know imagine again with the blood i mean it's just that perfect analogy of if you have a you know a um how much blood do we have in our body at any given i should know this i'm a biologist i know i should know this it's like what is it two it's more than two pints it's something maybe it's about it's a lot It's a lot yeah. of blood. It's more than, I think it's more than two pints. Regardless, like no matter if you have like a little bit of that siphoned off all the time and you don't have time to replenish, like you're going to end up looking pretty, like in pretty bad shape physically yep. and same thing energetically. So with this also are the, the larger implications aside from, you know, feeling happy and healthy and fulfilled and having our energy well sourced and full. There's also this, what does this say about the collective consciousness if, most people are defaulting to sourcing their energy from other people as opposed to sourcing from the infinite, sourcing from the divine, sourcing from the earth. It it becomes a societal and a collective issue that we can see. We can see the implications in the way that corporations are, you know, taking advantage of the earth and taking advantage of people and seeing that, oh, we can just take over water and land and air and we can do whatever we want in order to feed us some energy and, you know, financial money. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what the implications are for the rest of the people on the planet. So we're seeing that in all, all over the place in our government and in uh, the corporate entities that, that we see. You know, I mean, they're called corporate entities for a reason, I think. Uh, <laughs> so like what we're seeing on a daily basis that we're like, uh, yeah, that's not 
that's not okay. That's, that's not ethical behavior. Where would you think that's okay? Well, this is just another larger scale form of what we're talking about in the way. Mm-hmm. The, you know, aside from the not ethical behavior, vampirism is not sustainable. That's the other piece is it is inherently you have a finite resource that you are pulling energy from. So imagine again, you are pulling energy from this one person or from this one situation or one bank account or whatever, as long as you are pulling energy from something finite, it will eventually end. And then you need to move on to another host. That's how parasites work. That's how vampires work is that, you know, unless they're keeping really conscious manage, imagine like a conscious vampire who's like, or uh, for example, in um, like when making different forms of medicine or like when making combo there, which is the frog medicine that they extract from frogs, they don't kill the frogs. They're very conscious about it. And they actually put little, they're very careful to only take a very small amount of this poison from the frogs and they put little marks on them. So they don't, they don't um, harvest. harvest. Yeah, exactly from the frogs. So they have plenty of time to be healthy and replenish and, and um, be, be full so that they're not damaging the frogs. This is a really good example of ethical harvesting where it is, okay, I'm taking some energy from this being in a very conscientious way that is not, um, long-term depleting to them so that, or, I mean, we can look at the same in farming practices, you know, like sustainable farming or sustainable harvest. It is the difference between having the long-term vision of resource management and extracting energy from sustainable, renewable sources versus having the short-sighted, well, I can get a really intense quick hit of energy by going over and you know, sapping all the energy out of this person that makes me feel good, but ultimately is not sustainable. So again, that translates to how are the people, how are people in positions of power, just in general, government or corporate or whatever, choosing to run the energy of that entity? Is it based in sustainability, renewable energy, conscientious awareness, or is it how can I in the short term extract the greatest amount of energy and use it to serve me. Absolutely. Um, And this is so important. And, you know, we're all part of this. We're all, you know, cells in this giant organism. So the more that we are conscious and aware of ourselves, what's going on, what we're allowing to give to others, what we're taking in, you know, just the same as it's like, okay, maybe don't buy that thing that you're going to just throw right away. It's, it's, it's kind of looking at everything in our lives in a different way. And, and, and I'll like, who are we supporting and giving our money to, or what, you know, what are we buying? What are we, what are we putting ourselves into in terms of, are we feeding a, a vampire or are we feeding, you know, a sustainable, uh, you know, a company that actually like, takes care of its people and so on and so forth. Like we get to make those decisions. I wanted to also put in there, which is sort of also like a type of this uh, vampire. And then also sort of a societal implication is the, the guru, the, the spiritual leader who actually is utilizing the energetic of their flock of their people who are following them in order to gain energy. And, um, especially want to, I, you know, I've been just like kind of semi obsessed with like cults and, uh, and things recently and, you know, watching documentaries and all kinds of things. And, you know, there's lots of cases and have been throughout thousands and thousands of years of, uh, you know, gurus who would give people the mantra to say, and the mantra is actually the guru's name. And the, every time the person's like saying the mantra, the guru's gaining power And, you know, we are seeing a lot of people who are, uh, you know, kind of becoming these spiritual leaders who actually are, you know, kind of taking more from the people that are following them than they're actually giving. And um, it is very easy for someone who has a psychic um, and, uh, you know, spiritual development to 
get into this as a pattern because it's like, oh, that's a, it, there's, a, a, there's a rush. It's almost like a rock star, right? A rock star in a certain way is also doing this a little bit. They're like, they've got 30,000 people screaming their name and like going crazy. Like they're getting a lot out of that, a lot of energy. Um, and, you know, you can see it in, in terms of, of people who have that, who have all of that recognition, fame, they want more, they want, they need more. It's that unsustainable experience. I need more of this. And then if they fall off a little bit, if they're become unpopular, like their life implodes, they can't handle themselves. So we can see this kind of all over the place in these different sort of flavors, but you know, by having awareness of that, and then we're like going into situations and experiences, yes, to appreciate people's teachings and to study with them and to experiment and, and, you know, be trusting in a certain way, but also to be kind of going, hey, like, is this actually the best thing for me and my energy and my body and my everything that I got going on right now to give this person all my money and like, you know, become the devotee that like, you know, is, is chanting this person's name. Um, you know, it, it gives us that level of discernment and that we need in when we're, when we're doing these works. And I think we have an episode on discernment, right? I think we also, I think we have it. And then we definitely have an episode on spiritual predators, so mm -hmm. would um, say to, to revisit that one. So this is also for us in sort of the conscious and spiritual communities is a thing for us to be on the aware of. No one ever thinks that they're going to end up like giving their energy and their life force to someone who's their spiritual teacher. But sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's not. There's lots of amazing, incredible spiritual teachers out there who are absolutely not running this energy. And there are a few that are. So... <laughs> And unfortunately, they're the ones that get all the airtime and the media attention. So it, <laughs> it gives a lot of us a, um, you know, sort of a, a bad brand. I want to look at the other side of that of, you know, I, I would say most of the people watching this aren't in this position, but maybe you are. Maybe you are in that, uh, you know, you've achieved a certain level of recognition for your work or your brand, or maybe you're an author, you've, um, you've been published or you're a musician or whatever. It is not a bad thing to allow yourself to receive that energy and, and let yourself be supported from people recognizing you and supporting you, but do not let that be your only source of input of energy. So to use the example, Kat, that you were giving where, you know, if you're like the rock star who, uh, you know, falls out of fashion or whatever, and then their life falls apart, right? It's because, you know, again, with that vampirism or drawing energy from these or this parasitism is not sustainable because in the case of a parasite, if the host dies, the parasite dies too. So if that's the only place that you're getting your energy is from other people or from this recognition, that could go away at any time. It is not sustainable. And you do not ever want to be in the position where your source, your life force source is cut off from you. So all the more reason, if you are in a position where, you know, you've achieved a certain level of recognition or whatever, like, you know, awesome. And I love that. And go you. That's great. And also make sure that your primary source of energy is from a sustainable source, your practice, your personal meditation, your time with the earth, walking barefoot on the ground, taking care of your body. Ultimately, those are all things that are way more renewable supportive in the long term and not dependent on any particular reputation or fame or, or fluctuations in popularity or, or how well your recent book does. You want oh my gosh, absolutely. Like how well you're doing on Facebook is not going to be the marker of how well you're doing in your life energetically. Uh, it's really important for us to all remember. Right. And, uh, you know, that we are we're we're living these lives that are a lot out in the the public and the public sphere and and um you know these likes right we're like we're followers and we have likes and and you know we can develop sort of a this unsustainable thing and just as we're talking about being sustainable it's it's like looking at it in this very permaculture way of okay how do i actually receive from multiple sources 
instead of this monoculture, like you're saying, that's like, okay, let's just get in there and, and plant just lettuce. It's like, no, let's plant lots of different seeds and grow a forest that we're going to be able to feed ourselves from and have different sources of energy so that we're not just like one thing or one person. So that relationship that you're in and then everything else falls away and then that relationship uh, ends and you're like, ah, I have nothing. I have no, no input. Nothing is coming towards me anymore. I'm not receiving anymore. And that's also a way that we kind of fall into this pattern. Mm-hmm. Yep. Disappearing into relationships, NRE, it's a thing. So what are some tools that we can use to be conscientious of either, or actually I would say both, this behavior in ourselves or how we are on the unfortunate receiving end of interacting with an energy vampire or toxic person? One of the, which we have talked about extensively already, it is da, 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 awareness, number one awareness of what is happening in your energy body how are you sourcing or how are you being depleted Mm -hmm, absolutely and that awareness it it takes time to build it takes time it's a it's a muscle it it takes some working and some uh using and and probably in every single episode we're like uh self-awareness 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 there's a reason that this is like the thing um is because that gives you discernment it lets you know when something's off it uh, informs the decisions that you're making so that they actually work for you. Uh, you know, and sometimes in order to have that self-awareness, you have to take space, enough space, enough physical space and uh, energetic space away from the situation, the person, whatever this thing is, in order to be able to truly be in your own field long enough to go, oh, okay, so this is what I'm noticing and this is what's going on. And, um, you know, the thing is that that's not always super easy, especially if this is someone maybe that you live with, uh, but to take enough space. And, you know, one thing that you might discover, if you are in a very serious vampiric relationship, that other person, when you remove yourself from the experience and the situation, they might freak the fuck out for a while because mm-hmm. they're like, ah, you're my everything. You're my person. Like, what am I going to do without you? And to, you know, use your boundaries. We did a whole episode. One of our earliest episodes was on boundaries and to say no and to take the space that you need in the way that you can, you know, even if it's for short periods of time and in getting out and going, you know, camping, going to nature, going to wherever in order to be in your own energy field and feel yourself. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the image that came to mind when you were describing that is like the elimination diet for relationships. Almost, <laughs> yeah, right? Like how do you find out what you, and so, okay. Also those of you tuning in or listening in later, if you're paying attention to this, like you probably kind of have a feeling of who in your life might be this person or these people, these energetic or energy vampires or toxic people, but you might be surprised or you might not be sure the kind of sneaky ways. Cause it's not necessarily, this is the other piece. It's not necessarily super obvious. It might be really obvious where for whatever reason that person that you're interacting with, you know, they have an explosive temper or they're like just down and, you know, moaning and groaning all the time. Or it might be something that you don't really necessarily notice and it's kind of subtle or kind of sneaky. And the only way that you really identify it or catch yourself is if you do happen to get some space or you do happen to get some clarity. So say, for example, you know, to use the elimination diet analogy, maybe you don't know that you're allergic to pineapple and it you know it's not some like you have it in like little dried pineapple in your trail mix or you have it in um you know smoothies or whatever and you just kind of have this you're not super allergic but it just makes you like a little bit tired or whatever and then if you do an elimination diet and you take it out then and you feel great all of a sudden you add pineapple back in you're like whoa i'm like 10 percent more tired it's not a huge thing but it's enough that I, I don't want to be losing 10% of my energy every time I eat pineapple. Like I'm just going to not eat pineapple or I'm going to whatever the deal is. So sometimes it does take that. How do I establish boundaries? And, and maybe instead of removing the people from your life, it's a boundary thing where like 
this is how I'm eliminating, so to speak. I'm cutting off the sources and see not only, you know, if someone is freaking out around you or, you know, and that could come in the form of like, where are you? Why haven't I heard from you? What are you doing? It seems like you don't have time for me anymore. These are some things that you could be hearing or receiving from, um, you know, from these people who are re reacting to you having boundaries now. But maybe you find, oh, when I have like when I limit conversations on the phone with my mom to 10 minutes or less and I don't engage with her about politics, like I feel so much better when we get off the phone or whatever the deal is where, uh, you know, again, like you want to stay in touch with your mom, you want to have these conversations, but just playing with how can I support myself and feeling really healthy in these interactions as opposed to getting off and feeling like, oh my God, I need to go take a nap. Right. And sometimes that requires, please go back and listen to the boundary episode because sometimes it requires oh, doing it again and doing it again and doing it again in a different way and figuring out how it works and, and you know, training yourself and training that other person on to how to interact with you. And, um, and so it's, that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the training and letting ourselves be or be compassionate with ourselves if slash when we don't succeed because it is a practice. It's like any new skill, right? You know, when you were learning how to tie your shoes, you didn't tie them perfectly every single time from the get-go. Right. And this person, you know, like there's a reason that they're in your life. They're probably either they're related to you or <laughs> they're awesome in some way. Like there is something about them that you resonate with and that you maybe want to continue to have a relationship with. Maybe you don't. It's okay for you to end relationships that are toxic to you. You have permission. It just sometimes is challenging because of who that person is, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So again, awareness, kind of like number one, boundaries, number two, we talk a lot about that in the boundary episode. I would say also, you know, looking out at the bigger implications, like we talked about with, you know, how is that informing our purchasing decisions? How are we, uh, aside from our relationships with other people, this is the other pieces, aside from our relationships with other people, how are we either exhibiting vampiric behavior or short-sighted behavior in terms of our use of resources in our lives or how are we being preyed upon in other areas you know financially or in terms of you know maybe a housing situation or a um, you know any consumer habits or purchasing decisions or how we're um, you know doing running our transportation, maybe, you know, there's something unsustainable in how we're using that energy. And so start looking at other areas of your life that where maybe there's this energetic unsustainability or insustainability going on, or some of this vampiric energy, and start bringing that same awareness to those areas as well. Yeah, because in some ways, we're our own worst vampire. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like, you know, like we're, we're our own worst enemy, right? But we are our own worst animal, uh, vampire. And I think that that absolutely has to be true because it's like, we're usually the ones who decide I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get up and do my practice this morning. I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, go to bed at a reasonable hour. I'm going to spend all day on the computer and then watch four shows on Netflix. I'm going to overspend out of my uh, checking account and get myself super stressed out because I have no money. I'm going to go and engage in, you know, gossip and, you know, negative talk with so-and-so who I know is really into that. Like, we have to take responsibility for ourselves and the ways that we are actually allowing, you know, ourselves to drain our own energy in, in whatever ways that those are. And sometimes that's a very harsh wake up call to go, oh, okay, that's the thing I do. Okay, great. And to catch ourselves and go, oh, okay, just did the thing. All right. Forgiveness, compassion. Okay. Moving on. Let's see what I can do better next time. Okay. That's yeah. why I want to do that. All right. <laughs> it can be tempting. So I'll share a little story of, of something that came up or has come up for me recently and, uh, and actually came up as a, an instance the other day. I've been feeling lately a little bit almost resentful around being emotionally mature. 
you know, as like the, the best way to say it, where I have a certain degree of awareness, I have a certain degree of emotional maturity, where I don't freak out most of the time, you know, I'm usually pretty even keeled, and I hold it together, and I hold space for people, or if they're having a freak out, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll ask you questions, I'll help you through it, I'll help you feel safe, and, uh, and I almost, I was expressing, actually, I think even Kat, I was expressing to you, where like, damn, I just want to be the person who gets to freak out for once, you know, where I want to, that, almost, that temptation of not, being aware because there's something really like this is another shadow side to this that I can speak to having looked at this in myself is like what would I get out of that what would I receive from being in that role where I don't have to be emotionally mature I don't have to be responsible for my feelings or my words and you know I can have like a little screaming fit to to be clear I haven't done this but I have recently I haven't succumbed to that temptation but boy have I wanted to and I look at what would I get out of that? And I look at, well, that would ask someone else to hold space for me. That would put me in a position where I am receiving from somebody else what I so often offer to other people. And when I do offer that to other people, I am generally pretty clear with my boundaries. I'm pretty good about like, okay, this is you know what I have to give and, and no more or during certain office hours or whatever. But looking at that, you know, I've started putting practices into place so that I can receive because if that's my thing is like I want to receive from other people I'm looking at well how can I receive in a healthy way that doesn't involve me having a freak out in order to get what I want and uh, and you know this is a thing that like kids do because they don't know any better right or this is a thing that people do when they feel like they're not receiving attention or they're not getting what they want is I'm going to throw a fit or I'm going to say something controversial or I'm going to trigger you so that you give me energy. So what happens if we can cut out the first part, you know, so I have not had a screaming fit. I have not uh, had a, any freak outs, but I have looked at, I really want to, how can I receive so that that need is met in a sustainable, healthy, loving way, as opposed to it being met out of trying to ameliorate my meltdown. You're so mature, Michelle. I know. Sometimes it's a burden. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm, I'm super, I'll just like out myself. I'm super guilty of this, like in my relationship, especially like where, like when my partner's having a meltdown about something and I'll just like make it all about me and totally melt down. So this is something that I have to work on and I'm actively like on myself about it, but it's definitely not the easiest thing for me to totally out myself and it's and it doesn't turn out it never turns out well it's never the right decision to make it's never like oh, that was really the, that was really the best thing that ever could have happened in that experience it's always the worst and yet it's so tempting and there's a reason that you keep doing it and you know it like I, I have occasional freakouts. I mean I'm not above that but it's it is tempting because it puts us in a position, especially Kat, you hold space for so many people. You do a lot of this, like, I got you holding the container. So there is something that you get out of that. You know, just like there is something that we all get out of being in that position of sucking energy. We all do it. And so looking at why and how can I, you know, this is the other piece that we, um, we kind of touched upon, but I'm going to spell it out a little bit more clearly. If we are full and if we are meeting our own needs and resourcing ourselves, we don't need to go into that space of having our needs uh, having to be met from the space of sucking the energy of somebody else. So, you know, the personal practice, like you were saying, Kat, we are our own worst vampires. I love how you said that, where if we're not doing our practices, if we're not holding space for ourselves, if we're not getting great nutrition, if we're not raising our vibration enough, we're going to feel depleted and eventually we're going to look for a quicker, easy fix to that. Yep. And that can become an addictive pattern. Yep. And it can be as simple as, Oh, I need to get this much sleep and actually doing that. Right. Cause I know for me, it's like, if I don't get enough sleep, if I'm not eating properly, like that's when the stuff I'm like, you know, going to trigger somebody to give, you know, cause this emotional thing. So, um, you know, it, it really is taking care of ourselves and our needs. 
And I will say there's a lot around grounding, like doing energetic practices, dipping your energy down into the earth and drawing that energy into your body and learning how to hold it. And, uh, you know, it's why I teach practice. It's why that I'm so passionate about it. It's why that I study this. So it's just such an in-depth uh, way is that, you know, we have a lot of spiritual people out there and healers and so on and so forth who are doing this kind of work with very little regard to how they're actually sourcing themselves and keeping themselves in a heightened state of energetic fullness and rejuvenation. And this is something that is vital. It's important. It's daily. It's constant. You have to be creating this uh, energetic connection to the earth and to what is above to source yourself so that it's not needing to come from someone else. And it takes a while to, to get to that place where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can feel that. I understand it. I'm aware of what that means. I know what she's talking about here. And um, it, it's actually working, right? It, it takes a little while. But, um, you know, it's super vital and important. Yes, absolutely. So we'll do a little recap because we're about out of time here. Your tools for dealing with energy vampires and toxic people and recognizing that behavior in yourself because we all do it sometimes. Number one, awareness. Really kind of paying attention, knowing that this is a thing, calling yourself out or calling yourself up, not out, if you are having this behavior and, and looking to shift this pattern. And then recognizing if it's showing up in other people or other relationships in your life and how holding yourself accountable because again we can't tell them hey stop being a vampire i mean you could but it probably wouldn't work but <laughs> you're the best source the best option for you to do is to model healthy energetic behavior in yourself and maybe they'll ask you about it maybe they won't what more likely or more often than not would happen is either your relationship improves because they're responding well to these new healthy boundaries or they fall out of your life or some combination of those pieces. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for, for chatting in Angela. You're welcome. Um, so number one, awareness. Number two, boundaries, 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 all the boundaries. Go back and watch that episode because we give you lots of more specific tools in there. Number three, sourcing and resourcing from renewable, sustainable energetic sources, looking at your practices. You can look at um, a couple of our episodes, raising your vibration and the energetic survival episode, I think are really good tools for those. And then number four, looking at how am I showing up in other ways in the world? How am I showing up in energetic responsibility, in my consumer habits, in my purchasing decisions, in my use of energy and other resources, making sure that it is from a place of awareness and sustainability. Those are our, our best pieces of advice to you. Okay. Wait, I have, um, uh, I have some, some uh, dealing on the ground um, in the moment uh, mm -hmm. tools that are come from uh, the the Taoist uh, tradition, um, and they're super simple. So this is kind of like you're out in public, you're dealing with something. You have to deal with this person, and you're in the moment. What do you do? Okay, I know this person's super toxic, or they're trying to suck my energy, or now what? So there's some really simple, basic tools here, which are number one is to face your body, not directly onto them like actually turn your body a little bit, sort of side a little bit. Um, another one is to cross your arms and especially to uh, hold your arms over your solar plexus, which is the area below the rib cage. And even to cross your legs in some kind of way is also helpful. So you're sort of like closing down your energy from being drained out to them. Uh, to close your mouth when you're not talking, keep your mouth closed. <laughs> Because this is another way that some people can sort of, you know, pull the energy out of you. Um, it's also suggested to, you know, put up an energetic wall to, um, you know, kind of see almost like a really thick sheet of kind of like blue glass or something. The, the um, kind of have that in front of you so that you're aware that there is a separation between you and them using your imagination to create uh, an energetic uh, shield around you. 
And also it's suggested to look into their left eye because this is the receptive eye and the right eye is like the boring down, I'm going to like get inside of you eye. And so if you look into their left eye, it actually is it's supposed to be uh, helpful in keeping them from kind of getting too deep into, into your field. So those are kind of some of the interesting ancient Taoist practices on uh, protecting yourself from the energy vampire because they've been talking about this stuff for a long time. <laughs> wow, yeah, absolutely. Those are some great, great tools. I will also add, um, in addition to those, those physical postures, wiggling your fingers and toes to be shaking off. You know, it's sort of like you, you're not gonna like stand there and do a full clearing, but it is you clearing any cords that they're in that they're trying to attach to you. So like twitching your fingers or toes, and then after you are done the interaction, do a clearing. Yes, and and make the statement: any and all cords and attachments from this person, I release from my system. I send back to their higher self. Mm -hmm. I am clear. What do you say, Michelle? You say I am. Uh, I keep my energy separate and safe. There you go. And you can say that to yourself while you're in the interaction with them. Say it, you know, in your mind, I am a sovereign being. I keep my energy separate and safe. Um, and then, you know, after they leave, I am the only energy present in my field. So really kind of coming back, coming all the way back to yourself. So those are some, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, we almost forgot. I love that uh, you remember that, Kat. That's super important. It's like, what do we do in the moment? Okay, those, those things, all those things. And with that, we are going to wrap up today. This is, I mean, obviously we could talk about this for a long time. There's so much information, so many resources. So please do listen back to those episodes we pointed you at. There's a reason that we're sending you there is because we can't cover everything in an hour. We can't. And we've talked about it. It's only been, you know, 62 hours now of content. So right. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's like, you know, do a couple of road trips and, and put us on in the cars. Uh, you can, oh, uh, is there a replay? Oh, that's a great, oh, thank you, Miriam. I'm glad you're asking. So we have someone chatting in asking, is there a replay? You can find all of our past episodes on our YouTube channel, Shaman Sister Sessions, on iTunes and on Stitcher. So go ahead and subscribe to one or all of those avenues. I have to say one more thing that's really okay. important. This is so important. So uh, this works on the internet too. When I am so <laughs> upset in some ways about like there's all of these like healer groups, empath groups, all of these things where someone is uh, hey, I really need some energy today. Does anybody have any energy? And all of these well-meaning healers are like, oh, I have some energy. I'm going to send you my energy. And like not actually doing the, uh, you know, the proper, uh, you know, container for that energy and closing things down and sealing things and just sending energy out into the internet and like not ever thinking that maybe that person doesn't have the greatest intentions. Don't just send willy-nilly energy all over the internet. Don't uh, take pictures of your blood and put them on the internet. I've seen this as some Wait, sort of what? crazy thing on YouTube about how to like uh, get rid of your chakras, put a picture of your blood and post it in social. Like don't, don't put yourself at risk by posting super intimate things that people use for uh, use for magic on the internet, mm. don't do that. That's like putting your social security number. In your <laughs> like, here's my credit card. Post. <laughs> like, and even if someone is offering you energy. Uh, and offering you a healing and you don't know that person and they're just some random person on the internet who is like I'm gonna send you some like just say no like I don't care what position you're in at that moment that you need some energy go hire somebody find somebody you trust you know you know who they are you know where they are like you uh, have a relationship with them pay them some money so there's an exchange don't just be accepting energy all over the place like this this is really important because, okay, if we just, oh, see, we could keep talking forever. Cords go both ways. 
So if you are receiving energy from somebody, you are creating an energetic contract with them that then later they can reverse that flow of energy. So it is absolutely imperative, even if it seems to come with good intentions or someone's like, I'm holding you in my heart or holding you in my blessings. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. can later change direction and... And no. here's the thing, they might be unconscious of it, but I have actually seen posts and there are groups of people who are in real energy vampires, who are conscious energy vampires, who are looking for especially inexperienced empaths, open healer people who are like, everything's light and love and I'm just going to like create all of these relationships on the internet that I'm giving and receiving energy. They are actively looking for people to drain energy from. So be aware, like never, not everybody's as open-heartedly, uh, authentically, amazingly, compassionately beautiful and in the light as you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> take care of yourself out there. It's, it's a whole new world. <laughs> Right, exactly. So ma magic is real, like, you know, magic with bad intentions or, or with vampiric intentions is a thing. Yeah. So please don't do any of those things. You know, yeah. like, I didn't know that was a thing, posting pictures of oh, your there's, there's so much crazy stuff out there. I've had people send me, hey, do you think I should do this? I'm like, no, don't do that. No, no. <laughs> you know, again, it's like, would I... Uh, you know, asking that, that question of, again, it's, it is like putting up your bank accounts, your, you know, social security number, all, all this information online to think, you know, is this something deeply personal to me? Yes. Let that be your, you know, your stop right there. Is this giving someone access something to energetically like prioritizing your energy body and your, your well-being just as much as you would prioritize safeguarding your most intimate financial information. So it's for real. Okay. Okay. I think we can, I think that's it. I think I might be done. <laughs> okay. Great. Awesome. No more. What are, we, well, what, are we, what, uh, what are we talking about next week, Michelle? We're, yeah. Well, we're transitioning because someone was asking about how do we watch those um, more sessions talking about this, about like vampirism. Do you mean, what do you mean, Angela? Like um, about the vampirism or about or toxic people? Uh, there's so much sending energy going on. Yes, there is. Um, again, so I would, would ref sending people energy. Okay, so we cover, thank you for clarifying your question. We do cover uh, people sending me energy. Well, we cover the boundaries thing. We talk about um, life of a healer, I think. We might have covered some of this in that episode, Kat, right? Life of a healer. Um, Probably. I don't know how much we've specifically talked about this particular thing. This is something that Kat actually covers in her program, Healer's Process. Mm -hmm. So this is a, and um, we're actually about to tell you a little bit about that anyway. So hold tight there, Angela. This, that's a really great question because being in right relationship with offering healing energy and receiving healer, healer's energy, life of a healer. Yes, Healer's Process is not a podcast episode, just so you know, it is a program. So this is something different. It is super important. And if you are interested, do it. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> we'll get there in one second. Okay. We've got our, our big old close up of information that just keeps getting longer and longer. So if you missed any past episodes, please do go back and watch them. You can watch on YouTube or you can listen in on iTunes and Stitcher. It's all under Shaman Sister Sessions is the name of the show. You can also find all those links and information on our website, shamansistersessions.com. And Kat and I recently actually launched, it's been in the works for an embarrassingly long time, but we actually launched our brand new Patreon page. So if you would love to support us, we would absolutely love to receive that from you. And we would love to give a shout out right now to two of our alchemical allies, people who have pledged uh, a certain amount of money every month to support us. And we are so grateful, Jacqueline and Olivier. Thank you so much. We are incredibly, incredibly grateful for this amazing contribution to the work. There are so many hidden fees that, that we don't really talk about, about what it means to offer this content to you for free, where we've got uploading fees, we've got hosting fees, we've got membership fees, we have all these other pieces in place that we've been covering behind the scenes because it is something that we really want to do to offer this content and make it available. 
So if you would like to contribute to us and, uh, and offer a donation, even $1 a month is really helpful. So please go find us on Patreon, again, under Shaman Sister Sessions. I think it might just be patreon.com slash Shaman Sister Sessions. I should actually look that up. <laughs> but I think it is. Okay, but please go ahead and do that if you feel called. We would so love to receive some support from you that enables us to continue to offer all this content for free. Um, to give you a, a clue into next week, Kat will actually be here in Portland with me, so you get both of us on one camera feed for, for change. And we will be welcoming special guest Georgette Starr. She will be talking about soul stream life mapping. This is a particular technique. I received a reading from her actually a, a few months ago. It was really cool. And she will be telling us more about that uh, that technique, soul stream life mapping. And I think she might even do a live reading on cat. So you get to tune in and, and hear some about cat's soul stream life mapping and, uh, and tune in with Georgette, who is absolutely wonderful. And, uh, and other than that, Kat, anything you would like to announce? Uh, just One more thing. Since Kat will be here in town in Portland, we have two spots available for someone to do or two people to do in in-person session with both Shaman Sisters. So if you would like to do that, please reach out to us and we can go ahead and get you on the calendar. Uh, yes, she's going to be in Portland. Not group healing, not group session, but if you want, to, awesome, I'm glad you found the YouTube channel. If you want um, a private session with us, that is what we have time and availability for because we are pretty booked up with other events. So go ahead and, and reach out if you would like. Great. Thanks, Michelle. So I will see you guys next week in Portland. I am now in process of uh, selling my three-month course, Healer's Process, which is going to be happening this summer. If you are interested, this is a super rounded out course to give you a lot of the tools that you need in order to step into your healership uh, a game to the next, next, next level. So, um, if you have an interest in this, reach out to me. It's on my website, katherinebird.com. But if you have any questions or if you want to, uh, have a conversation around this, set up a payment plan, etc., please reach out soon so that I can get on the phone with you and take care of that. And, uh, it's amazing. We're going to have a retreat in August and, uh, in Southern California somewhere. And, um, it's, it's definitely one of my, my top offerings and, uh, is, is a, is a game changer. So mm -hmm. anyone who is in the, I might be a healer or I know I'm a healer, but I want to do more with it. Please go do this course. It is incredibly beneficial. You will learn so much. And, uh, what one of you was chatting and asking about, you know, that offering and, and receiving energy, there is so much around that. And I know Kat covers a lot of that in this, uh, in this course as well. So again, next week on Tuesday at our normal time, special guest Georgette. And if you would like to reach out to us for any, I mean, really anything at all, any love notes, any, uh, you know, affirmations you want to send our way, or if you want to know how to donate money to us so that we can keep offering this to you, please go ahead and send us an email. Or if you'd like to set up one of those, um, those private sessions that we do have available, if you've got any topic ideas that you would love to hear us talk about or special guests that you'd like to have for us to have on the show, go ahead and send us that email too. So shamansistersessions.com on our contact page. You can go ahead and, and reach us there. Thank you so much for joining us. It is our great joy to offer you this work and and please stay tuned for more. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. Bye.